Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today, we have the pleasure to speak with Brian Newberry, the CEO of Girl Scouts of Eastern Washington and North Idaho, a veteran and former commander of Fairchild Air Force Base and the 92nd Wing. Brian, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Honored to be here. I don't know if we've actually ever met, though. Okay. Yeah. You're a skill skin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like Skillskin a lot. I um, obviously everyone from Leadership Spokane went through it, and so I got to know it. And Tammy obviously reached out to make this connection. But um, I just, when I was on the Air Force Base, Skillskin was just such a special, uh, a special group over there that would just come and hang out with me. I, and they would, I mean, they had the janitorial contract. Yeah. They also had the grounds contract. I think that's all changed in quite significant ways, unfortunately. But in my day, it was the traditional good old days again. Right. It was <laughs> a very, the good old days, a but, very uh, green base. It was. a, uh, And yeah. I honestly, and that's, yeah, I mean, well, we're kind of recording now. I'm not going to say much <laughs> more about that, but uh, no, I did keep it green and it was a very green gaze. And I, and we, and I even went through the sequester times and, and it was really, um, and we had some really challenges time. That's 2014. Was that like, was man. during your leadership. It was. When the budget it was. Came. But we kept yeah. it green. Yeah. We did some. That's awesome. We did some things to keep it green because I thought it was the best base in the Air Force, at least by appearances. And I'd always go to my headquarters. I was like, ooh, I don't want that my base to turn like this. So yeah, I mean, it was it was my last year. Um, so, but from November, from really October, from October to when I departed in August. Yeah, we were really creative because I was like, hey, this is a beautiful base. We need to keep it going. And there was like a couple areas down by the elementary school where there's huge trees and they were going to shut off water. I'm like, right. hey, those are big trees. We need to keep water going to those big trees because those were beautiful trees. They could provide not only beauty, but also shade and cover and everything else that trees uh, provide. So, yeah, we kept it going. Yeah, now we can't say as much. And it is it is it's tough to look at. Um Green is good. Yeah, no doubt. Well, is that a um, a commitment to, you know, not only, you know, the beauty of the Air Force, but to the community? Has that been something that's uh, played out in your career? That seems unique to me. Be like, no, I'm committed to this. I, I mean... You don't know me very well. I'm a pretty committed guy. So you just kind of give me a task and I run with it. When I when I showed up to Fairchild uh, in 2012, um, it was actually a tree city uh, via the Arbor Day Foundation before um, uh, before the city of Spokane was or even Airway Heights. So okay. somehow we got that designation. I don't know exactly the base how that is all the tree worked. City. The base was the tree city. All right. So within about six months, um, it was Arbor Day in April, and they said, hey, sir, you have to uh, come on out and plant a tree. I'm like, yay, we'll plant a tree. <laughs> and so I came on out, and, and it just, yeah, I mean, when it's your home, when you're the base commander, it really is your home. I mean, your picture is pretty much in every place on the base. Right. So it's a little embarrassing, quite honestly. It's like, Oh, there's my picture. I could have taken a better picture, but my kids hated it. Like, oh, I hate to see dad everywhere. He's got <laughs> such a big head. But it, it, no, it, when it when you're everywhere, it is your home, and so you take care of your home. That's just what you do. And and the green there is part of that. But I did love Arbor Day. I've always loved our earth and nature. I've traveled much of it, not only flying around it, but just seeing it. And so we had a, we, so yeah, I embraced it and, and kept it going during sequester to keep it as, as green as possible. And yeah, skill skin was there, um, keeping it beautiful. And, um, interestingly enough, um, we had a huge windstorm, which our listeners probably remember back in the, 
winter of 2014, I would think sometime around that, but we got a, one of our major windstorms where it's like a wall of dust comes across, across the area. And, um, I actually lost one of the trees in my front yard and it, and it saddened me. And I was, you know, when you're a base commander, you have to watch what you say. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sad. I saw the tree. So as I was lost my trees. So, but as I was leaving, um, one of the gifts that the civil engineering department, that awesome group of airmen gave me was they planted a new Oak in my front yard. It's still small Oak. It's not nearly as big it is. It is there. <laughs> I don't know if the plaque's still there. Cause like it's right near the new commander's house. So I don't try not to stalk the new commander's house, <laughs> but they did put a plaque that said the Newberry's Oak, but it is still there. And every year in the springtime frame, I peek across the way. I'm like, Ooh, come back leaves. And it, and it still has, it still has green leaves. So, uh, so I we do know about that. your tree yeah. actually. Oh, in okay. fact, um, that was, uh, when some of the, water in that area was yeah. turned off we went and hand watered that tree oh that, and that was go. a commitment to yeah. that base it's like no we like trees too yeah exactly <laughs> no i did appreciate it i love yeah. that that's a and great that, story i did i did not know that was you yeah it was me and 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 then the uh yeah the other the other story about that time that caused this is totally off subject of green but it is this kind of goes into the theme of your base but we did get that wall of dust come through and the first place that you come on base is go through that little circle is the little, um, oval there. You have the visitor center Yep. and it was Sunday afternoon and I'm like driving around as I always am. And it was just caked in dust and and that's my front door. I'm like, we can't do that. So I went home and I got my, um, Windex and my paper towels, which by the way, was not nearly good enough to take care of that window. (laughs) And, um, I just started going out there scrubbing. And finally, sometime some airmen drove by and saw me doing it. And they were just, they were just scared. They were just <laughs> like, oh my God, the base commander's yeah. like cleaning windows. This is so bad. And they called someone who called someone who called someone. And within like an hour, there were an army of airmen there cleaning up with me, which great was a great family feeling. But the biggest thing, and they're like, you can't be doing this. Like, no, I mean, I'm not much of a manual labor guy, but on occasion I can kind of do it. I did make it worse though, because I didn't bring enough water. And so it was just so caked in mud. <laughs> But they eventually got that on. But that was that was a fateful windstorm. And, uh, yeah, you got to get the base back running again because it is the best base in America as far as I was concerned. I love it and love being a part of that. Uh, a commitment to service to others. Um, is that a military trait or a personal trait? It, it's, um, it's both. I mean, it's one of our core values, yeah. service before self. It's always been there. I, I would definitely say it's both. I think that. I mean, part of service before self, I mean, I'm going to teach actually this weekend a, a, a class at Gonzaga. I teach it once a semester. It's a servant leadership class. And, and Gonzaga actually is very much um, the home of servant leadership in a lot of ways. And they're teaching at their educational center there. So I'm just going to go and do my, my part. But I do think servant leadership coming from Robert Greenleaf's days back in the 1970s, it's really comes from an inspiration within yourself to serve others. And I, I definitely think I have that trait. I hope that I've passed it on to my sons. I think I have one serving in the Air Force and the other one in the Department of State. But I definitely do appreciate service before self, but it is a core air air force value to serve others because together you do go further. And when you are able to help someone, it is great. There's a, there's a great, but a former uh, British 
uh, prime minister called Israeli. It was actually the last quote that I gave to my airman before I headed off the base. And it, and it just basically said, the best that I can do for you is not to show how good you are, but to, or not, not helping you, but to show how good you are within and how much that's a, definitely a paraphrase on the quote here on the spur of the moment, but it's showing you the richness within yourself. Yeah, and I reflecting think, that back. Yeah. And I think that that's what I try to do, not only now with my 3000 plus Girl Scouts, but with with whoever I meet is it just it makes me young, even though I have silver hair here now, it makes me young just to feel like if I can make you happy and feel like you can make the better the world a better place, which is the Girl Scout motto, then I've done my job for the day. So it is something part of me. I think my my earliest recollections of it, I mean, I wrote there was something within me way back when, when I was at the Air Force Academy, which was when the dinosaurs was, was walking the earth. But way back when I did write a, a lead, uh, uh, or uh, a paper for my um, philosophy class about how Jesus Christ was a first servant leader. So even back in the 1980s, I did have this thing bubbling in my head, but yeah. where it really started to, to manifest itself was when I was at the Pentagon or I was early on at the Pentagon. Um, and when you, the Pentagon's biggest office building in the world, 25,000 people work there. It's, it's really, it's, that's yeah, huge. It's, and it's all, yeah, it's, it's a huge building. But when you walk around, um, there's just all these pictures of people again, back to the pictures thing, military just likes to put pictures up of their leaders. But w what this one did make a difference for me was as I walked around and I saw these leaders who are kind of historic historic. They're the biggest leaders of the Air Force, but they were actually in that building because they were the leaders within the building. And then I would just walk into the building, just like I'm sitting here right here, and I'd be sitting down with this person whose picture was on the wall. And I was just always in so and on that. But at the Pentagon, the biggest thing is, is that you have the big levers there. That is the headquarters of the Air Force. So yeah. I would do a paper on urban operations because we were during the middle of the Iraq war at that time and having a lot of challenges. And I do a, pa a paper on urban operations. I would give it to a three-star general. And with about six months, some of my ideas would be being implemented out in the field. And it really did, it really manifested to me that actually the person does make a difference, that you can yes. make a difference. And it doesn't matter whether your picture's on the wall or not. We're not in some kind of predestination thing where it really doesn't matter what we do. And so to coin a term, leadership matters. It really does. And, and we see it politically. We see it in your classroom. We have good teachers and other teachers that you wish other students had and or, or that you wish could be just a little more motivating for your suit or whatever the case Absolutely. may be. But you see it on every day, uh, just everyone, just the power of their care for you, their power to inspire you, their power to just put out and reach a hand can make such a difference. And so for me, it's always just been that that desire to help others to make our world a better place. And I, I truly, truly think that um, everyone out there can make a difference. And, and so it's always been part of my life. And I really, that's what I'm trying to pass on to my Girl Scouts here in my short time with them. And at Gonzaga, it's a, a, I believe in servant leadership. I know that is my brand. I got exposed to, you know, Greenleaf's teachings and just yeah. the idea in maybe like the mid 2000s or so. And um, it changed the way I saw the world. I was like, oh, there's another way. And someone named Ira Amstatter is the one who kind of first started talking to me about that. And yep. he's yeah. a servant leader. He's a great servant leader who's given back to leadership. So can in so many ways. And I mean, that'll be the start of my course and not everyone is a servant leader because it really is that desire to serve uh, before you. And I think that 
it's all right not to be a servant leader. If you're not a servant leader, that's fine. You, you can gotta still be authentic, be, right? You got to be authentic. <laughs> you have to develop trust within your leaders. You can't quit. I mean, those are some of the things. And guess what? You have to have vision. Without yeah. vision, the people perish. So you have to have those things, and you can be a great leader. Not everyone is a servant leader. My point that I'll make to the Gonzaga students is that if you're a servant leader, if you're an authentic servant leader, you really can be so much more powerful than if you were not, because it does give so much. And so I commanded three times a group overseas, the Air Force Base, and then the squadron. And I always put the airmen first. And there's a huge thing in the military about is it people first or is it mission first? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Both are important. I would always say people first, mission always, but both are important. Yeah. And, and we would spend hours talking about which one was more important. And it was a waste of time because both are important. If you don't <laughs> and, get the mission done, you fail. If you don't take care of the people, you fail. So both are important. But what I would offer is if you take care of the people first, the mission will always happen. And, and that's, that's what would be my argument. And I saw it three times, um, most noticeably when I was a squadron commander over at McCord for C-17s and we took our folks over to, to um, work operations during the 2007 surge. But what I found of my four flying squadrons there that we were an incredible squadron and we really moved mountains. And the, one of the reasons how we were able to do that was just the fact that I did take care of my people and they knew I had yep. their back. And when they had, when I had their back, they had my back. And, and the best example of it was what airmen really care about is they do care about God and country and apple pie and all those things in between. They do, they really do. But ultimately, they care a lot about where they live. And so assignments, especially officers, move fairly frequently. They move every three years. And as soon as you show up at one place, you're worried about where your kids are going to go to school next and where you're going to be moving next and where your spouse is going to have to relocate to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I put an inordinate amount of time into the assignments of my airmen because I want them to all want to become generals. Yeah. And you but, were there and I was there, but some don't, some just want to have a good life and serve 10 years or 15 years. And that's years. okay. Right. And that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, that might be where my son's at right now. I don't know. He's only three years in. So I ha haven't had to start the recruiting speech with him because he's still under his pilot <laughs> commitment, but someday I will. But if you just took care of them and I worked really hard to get them the assignments of their choice and they saw that if I put the airmen first at the end of the day, the mission became priority for everybody and we went higher, faster and stronger. And so I did the same thing at all three groups, but um, the wing and the group level, and it just really caused things to just go incredible. And I would just say the same thing for my Girl Scouts, just transitioning to what my full-time job is right now. When I came into my organization, I quickly realized that our organization doesn't work without incredible volunteers. Right. We had about a thousand to 1500 volunteers and I immediately went to work to listening to them um, and uh, hearing from them and making sure that they were getting what they needed because I needed to serve them. Now I became a troop leader myself about three years ago. I have 21 um, Girl Scouts split between a Daisy Brownie and uh, junior troop. So please don't call me on Mondays, every other Monday, starting this Monday. This man is busy because I am very yeah. busy with 20, <laughs> 21 girls who need them me to pick up my game. But the reason why I became a, a, a troop leader is because I wanted to see exactly what troop leader support got. That was awesome. building that empathy that really matters. But when I could understand exactly what the volunteers were doing, it could better, better help them out. But our organization has been incredible the last three years. We were top 10 in membership last year out of 110 councils. Our cook, our girls across the nation, across the nation. Right I on. I know. I wish we, yeah. I, I honestly wish that we yeah. had, um, 
And he, I wish we had the, the top 25. You know, Zags are always number one. We'd always be kind of like number three. People would be watching like, woo, look at Spokane go. Or it's really eastern Washington, northern Idaho. Look at them go because we would always be on the billboard and we'd be, you know, fluctuating between one and five. We were number one in adult retention last year out of the nation. This wow. council was number one in adult retention out of the nation. And, and That's something all, to be proud of. It is. Because you can't do you can't do this mission without the adults. I have I have forty staff. Um, I have forty incredible staff members. But you can't do this mission without the fifteen hundred troop leaders across places from from Republic to Kashmir to wherever you may be doing this mission out there and to making a difference for the girls. So I really worked hard. We I, we bought a, a new car uh, to travel around um, uh, just to get me around and. That was last February. I'm up to um, about 23,000 miles. So I'm probably nice. going to clock about 25,000 miles in one year. But that's not a reflection of me. That's a reflection of the importance of me being on the front lines of where my volunteers are and just coming and giving them a high five and shaking and shaking their hand and saying what they do. So you do have. I think that servant leadership, when applied right, does empower everyone to do their best. And whether it be my volunteers who are volunteer uh appreciation scores have gone up from like a minus seven to like 35. 35 doesn't sound wonderful, but it was a huge increase ahead. And I think that that's, that's then translated down to all of our other successes. Cause if this volunteers feel like they're being served, they're going to go out and actually move a mountain and serve, you know, their girls. girls. Exactly. Absolutely. Bingo. You got it. So, um, I think you've answered a little bit of this for me. Um, I'm a thousand volunteers, a lot of people. How do you yep. keep people moving in the same direction? Well, you show up. I just heard that 23,000 yep. miles. Yep. How else? Communicate, 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 communicate. So my first annual meeting I went to uh, was back. Um, I still remember the day it was April 29th and um, I kind of hit in the back. I was not taking over till one May and, and that's where the volunteers come on in. And it, it's kind of, you're like a, doing a census in, in um, Bethlehem kind of thing. Everyone shows on up and, and you, you, you talk about what's going on and oh, there, weren't, there weren't some very happy volunteers. And I was like, Ooh, if I'd known this for the job interview, I don't know if I would have continued forward, but I listened, I listened, I listened. I know. Cause two days later I took over, but they weren't very happy. But one of the things that they talked about um was this that and the other but the most important thing was they wanted us to be more than a spokane council and they wanted to hear what was going on so that kind of spurred me to go but the second thing i did and i and i copied this this is not brian's great idea but it continues forward today um is i started something called the fab five which is the top five things going in my uh, in my council i'm still i've got to do it today it comes out on friday it takes me a long time to put together. It takes me about three and a half hours to put together, and I've never missed a week. So I've probably wow. done, in, in coming on four years, I had the number exactly in my head, but I'm not remembering it right now. But it's probably about 150 to 160 Fab Fives that it's I sent commitment. out. It's a commitment. But what that Fab Five did was I sent it out, and it just says the top five things in the council. It goes to about 600 people now, and it comes out every Friday, usually fairly late at night, because I usually don't get started until about five o'clock at night. But... It just shows what's going on across the council. And so for people in Lewiston or for people in Sandpoint to see what people are doing in Sunnyside, it, it, it brings the movement together. 
So I'm communicating to them exactly what's going on. And then I, I made the same emphasis to my staff. I said, I don't want to walk around the building and see red lights blinking on phones. I mean, if it's late at <laughs> yeah. night when I'm doing the Fab Five, it's fine because I want you at home away from here. But if it's like I walk by two days in a row and it's kind of there, that's not a good thing because when the volunteers reach out, you need to reach back. When the all volunteers email, you need to get back to with them with 24 hours and hopefully without 48 hours. So it's just communicating. So that's how we kind of stay on the same sheet of music we'll do a, i'll do a thanksgiving video next week um just a quick podcast per se like this that we'll get on out there um it's just communicate 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 you have to see where the flag's at and how, how everyone can rally to the flag and then hopefully you fingers crossed that everyone kind of shows up on the hilltop when everyone gets there and then we can say go girl scouts well it sounds amazing What's going on right now in the organization you'd like to let us know about? Yeah. Just, uh, these listeners are interested. Yeah. No, just if you have a girl of courage, confidence, and character that wants to make a better place, let us know. I mean, we serve girls from kindergarten to um, high school. And yeah, it's been a good year. Um, right now, our retention stats, again, are strong. We're, we're just pressing into the new year, our new year's fiscal year. So it's a government fiscal year. So we go, we go October through next September. But um, Girl Scouts are growing now. We're Girl Scouts that grow strong. So wherever you may hear this, um, you can just log into our website, www.gsewni.org. That's Girl Scouts, Eastern Washington, Northern Idaho.org. And you'll see a button there that says join now. And that just starts you on the process. And if you ever have any problems with the, with the technology, I apologize to my listeners. We're not Amazon savvy yet. That's one of the big <laughs> consternations of our CEOs across our nation. We've made several Come on, up, national updates. Cancel. I know we just went and met in St. Louis just to kind of get a catch up on where everything's are going. And yeah, we're just not there on technology yet. It's a fairly user-friendly system. It's just not Amazon friendly yet. So if you have any problems, don't hesitate to, to call and leave a message. And my staff knows, as I said, that they need to get back to you because they're there to serve you. But you join, girls can join anytime during the year. So that's exciting uh, joining right now. One of the big commitments that I've done, one of our more popular things is we have a winter camp, which goes in the December timeframe. We have a spring break camp that goes in the spring. Those are day camps that are going on our program center here in Spokane. Again, when I talk, I'm talking for 65,000 square miles. But And is this like geography, just so we know yep. everything east of the Cascades? Exactly. Just okay. the eastern Washington we all know and love. Yeah. You know, every time I drive over to Seattle, at some point I drive past Cleom, I go, you're one of my Girl Scouts, <laughs> you're one of my Girl Scouts. And then you summit and you're going down the other side like, and you're like, oh, you're with Western Washington. But I love you still. <laughs> but so it's just kind of how it all works. And then, yeah, we go from basically that Lewiston, Moscow area. We swoop on up and then um, go on up to the Sandpoint and, and on to the Canadian border. I gave a Veterans Day speech last week in Tenasket, which I think is about 30 miles from the Canadian border yeah. out there. And they've got a lot of snow up there. So Tenasket, we love you. Went up over Sherman Pass. Yep, yep, yep. yep. We, we love you, Tenasket, and they do have some great Girl Scouts up there. So so that's our that's our council area. Um, but yep, we, so we have some great camps going on. But one of our most signature camp experiences, and I, we do the camp actually is to serve the parents. Um, camps are expensive. Labor's hard to come by. Oh, yeah. uh, no joke. 
but I considered canceling the holiday camp a couple years ago, but we kept it going because I really wanted to serve the families of West Central, the families were around us who don't all have two weeks of Christmas break leave and, and wh- might want to have a place for their girls to go to learn courage, confidence, and character. And I really give it to my camp staff because every day there's a new activity going on. They don't, it's just not a phone it in. It's not, here's a piece of paper, here's like some here. crayons and we do it. We're, we're a huge organization that goes after STEM. I, I launched a STEM mobile two years ago to travel around to rural areas and introduce girls to STEM. Just what does that look like? It looks, it looks like a Ford transit van. Okay. In fact, it's coming back to Spokane here for the winter. I store it out in the Cleelum area where they're starting to get a lot of snow, but it was just in Wenatchee last weekend and it was incredible. 50, 75 girls show on up. It's got $20,000 of experience in the back. It's got virtual stuff. It's got uh, awesome telescopes and I've got a, a certified middle school teacher that gets out there and talks to them about STEM. And so we're all about STEM. We're all about those things, but we do that in the day camps and all the other things. And again, I, I, I so love what the ability to teach and and I appreciate all our teachers out there for what you do for our kids but we believe in that as well and so we really make our program staff as strong as they can to be good teachers of our kids but we have that winter camp we have that spring break camp so parents have an option to go in the summertime we have the same thing as well it goes the whole summer from June to August and again it's to celebrate girls and let them do great things and so you'll you'll not far from where we're broadcasting here from the library there'll be girls out there walking and and doing things with their troop leaders not their troop leaders with my staff. We do a lot of things. But the other big camp that I have is a resident camp that was gifted to us by the amazing Lions, Central Valley, Central Spokane Lions. Back in the 1930s, we're coming up on the 85th anniversary, but it's an incredible camp on on Four Echoes, I mean, called Camp Four Echoes, Um, and it's, it's echoes of good time out there. But it goes from June to August as well. Every week is jam-packed with stuff, and girls stay there. What part of the summer? Uh, the so it's down area. by Worley. Okay, it's down cool. by Worley. So it's just south of Camp Luther Haven there, but it, it's across the bay from the Boy Scout camp on the other side. But yeah, it's down by Worley, and it's about forty-five minutes from here. But it's an incredible camp. But this spring, I've committed to build a $300,000 adventure park for our girls in wow. the trees. It's going to be harmonized with nature. We're not going to be cutting down a lot of trees. Instead, we're going to be climbing through the trees with a ropes course that's going to be high up, and it's going to be to a, a, a middle course, and it's going to be a, an advanced course. And girls are just going to be able to walk through the trees, and the older girls are going to get to rappel on down. And we're going to have, yes, of course, a zip line. <laughs> that was a last-minute ad because I said any rope course needs to have a zip line. That's what people want to do is zip, zip, zip away. It's going to be called Savannah Sunshine. Our founder, uh, Juliet Gordon-Lowe, um, was born in, in Savannah, Georgia. So in all the all the um, courses, all the campsites out there have an S name. I'm not exactly sure the lineage of that, but we have Swagman. We have Singing Pines, et cetera. So Savannah Sunshine was the right thing to call it out there. But it, I'm having a Portland company come on out. I already put the down down deposit on. Um, they're going to come out in, in April. I'm hoping it's finished in just about the time camp starts, but so definitely by July so we can launch. Um, it's going to be great for my girls. But the best gift that me and my staff and my volunteers can give a girl is confidence. Yeah. I mean, my son is 26 years old. He's flying C-17s. He doesn't have the confidence of dad at 54 years old. He doesn't. If I could tomorrow will that to him, I would. 
Because it'd be because an amazing it makes gift. All the difference in the yeah. world. I mean, he'll walk into a room. Oh, Dad, I don't know. No, no, you can do it. Go, go, go. Trust me. Now, I realize that I wasn't that way at 26 as well, but that's why we need things and experiences and stuff like that to get us where we're at. And that's why I think Girl Scouts is something that Julia Gordon Lowe came up with 110 years ago, where she said, "You know what? We're going to change the world. We're going to believe in our girls." Six years between women had six years before women had the right to vote. We're going to believe in our girls, and we're going to get them out there and we're going to say you know what you can change the world and so i know coming to this course there's going to be younger girls or even older girls who are going to look at it and go Ooh, not this year right but next year they'll be back and they're going to see their friends do they'll it see their and friends they'll do be it. like all right i'm yep. ready and when they do yes. it that's going to be the first thing that they say to mom or dad when they're picked up is like I did that. And they'll see it off in the trees. And they said, I did that. Mommy, mommy, turn right. Let's go up there. And I'm going to show you that's what I did. And so that's why I'm investing in this. Um, I'm currently fundraising for it right now. I appreciate the Lions Club already making a, a good donation to help me get me started on it. But I think that if I can give girls confidence, a little bit of confidence, then I've done uh, my year's worth of work in one day. And so that's what we're doing right now. So those are some of the good things coming and can't, um, I'd get wouldn't be let back in the office building if I didn't let everyone know that cookie season was about three months away as well. So right. it's, uh, you'll coming. See it's coming. You'll see the new girls. Uh, you'll see the girls out there doing the thing again. We're one of the best in the country. National averages. Uh, most girls are somewhere in uh, every girl will sell about 250 boxes of cookies. Our girls that last seems year. That's a lot. Anyway. It is. Yeah. Our girls last year were 478. I know. That's what I'm saying. We're the Zags. We're the Zags of the basketball world. I mean, of the, of the Girl Scout world, we are like we are like top 10 for sure. So 472 the year before, our girls are just great. They Love believe it. in it. They're out there. The customers, you all do it as well. You support them. And I just, I just want to say, I mean, this is honestly one of the most important things that I say about Girl Scouts is, is when you're buying for a cookie, you're helping that girl right there. You're helping her go to camp. I sent 400 girls to camp for free last year. Be able to talk to strangers. For, for do that stuff. You give her confidence. <laughs> all those things but the proceeds come back to her troop it comes back to her through cookie dough it's it's a great entrepreneur stuff i have girls going all over the world this year we had girls go to um crete they we had girls go to greece they're older wow. girls who've been selling cookies for a long time but they've saved up their cookie dough and now they're going to go see the world and, so as and a troop they get to decide that at that local level they do cool they do there's a disbursement that comes to me there's a disbursement and it stays local zero zero of your five dollars and right now we're not raising money we're not we're not raising the price of cookies most councils have gone to six dollars across america but not here not here in eastern washington we want you to buy more cookies from us so we're leaving here to here off a box so uh you know it's easier to say four boxes for twenty dollars i'm like sure right? it's not like six dollars like i'll take three boxes like no i want my girls to sell as many cookies as they can so we're not raising the prices probably one of the few things that hasn't gone up i can't guarantee that for next year but right now we're at five dollars a box and so our girls are going to go on out there and, and do it. And it does do stuff. And the other th uh, good things for them. So proceeds come back to council that then we do the programming like the STEM mobile proceeds come back to their service unit, which is a collection of troops. And then proceeds come back to the troop itself, as well as the girl itself. And she's able to go spend it on stuff. We have a national convention in Florida next year. I probably have between hundred and 150 girls going down to that awesome. to Walt Disney world. And that's all going to be funded by cookies. So we appreciate doing it. And then the other thing, again, veterans day, just in, in the rear view mirror, um, is, is, is just the support of this community, this red, white, and blue community tinged with lilac here in the Spokane area you all donated 42,000 boxes to our military our first responders and our healthcare workers that seems astronomical it is 
It is. Okay. It is. And it, it is incredible. And I brought these cookies up to Tenasca veterans last week. I mean, and I gave some, I also spoke at Freeman High School and we gave them to veterans there. I appreciate both those high schools bringing the veterans in from the community for their school assemblies. It was amazing. America is just such a great place. And this inland Northwest is such a great place, which is why I decided to retire here back in 2014. But 42,000 boxes is a lot of cookies and we do distribute them out to our veterans um, all across the area. Um, they go to VA, uh, veterans places we also send them overseas there's a um a nonprofit called soldiers angels that picks up the cookies and deliver them to soldiers and airmen and sailors overseas so we do that as well is that local or a national organization? it's a national organization but we um, can get involved that way we can it's yep. a national organization that reaches out to us once our season's over and saying how many do you want to designate some of our cookies actually end up going over to the seattle va some of our cookies went to the air force academy a lot of our cookies went to fairchild um, and went to the airmen that are deployed over Overseas. We always do massive drops at Fairchild. And then, yeah, veterans, uh, VAs down in the Tri-Cities, in Lewiston, um, again, up in Tenasket. We get those cookies out there. But when I first, I didn't realize the love of country. I knew the Girl Scouts were patriotic, but sure. I didn't realize how much connections and touch points that I would have. And so that's why I'm still here four years later. It's a tough job. It's a really tough job to deal with all the challenges you have in Girl Scouts that were huge logistics. I mean, last year with supply chain uh, issues, oh, sounds we had, crazy to get that I had done. like six trucks sitting outside my, my office, like Penske trucks. Thank you, Penske, for giving us the trucks. But we had, because we had so many issues with supply chain, we were delivering cookies all over. I mean, I had to go say, who's a truck driver here? Staff like looking at me like, what? So <laughs> like, it's we're a, doing this. Here we're we doing this. And so because we got to get the cookies to the girls to get them to the customers. And so it is a tough job. But when I retired, I did. I, I love airmen. I still love airmen. I'll always be an airman at heart, but I didn't realize I'd become a Girl Scout at heart. And it's just amazing to see what the communities have done. But the first year we were at 24,000. The second year we were 32,000 donated. Last year, year prior, it was 35,000. That was actually during some pandemic time. I thought we would kind of be the highest ever. And then, yeah, what? This year we've jumped to 42,000. So Incredible the sky's commitment. the limit. It is. And it's the mm. girls who stand up and say, Hey, you don't want the cookies because it's too many calories. Do you want to donate to our service members? Do you want to donate to our healthcare workers? And um, there's a couple girls that had I, my my top selling girl has about a thousand boxes donated, which is truly incredible. But I had about twenty to thirty girls that were over a hundred boxes donated, and that's a lot. And it's it's over two hundred thousand dollar inventory donated to our military by the citizens like yourselves, red, right, and blue. In fact, I didn't know how many folks I was coming to the interview with. I have patches, um, not for you, because I'd only have for girls, so I apologize to the two gentlemen in front of me, but yeah, I have one lady it. in front of me. <laughs> she's going to get a patch for being a girl of character. It's going to have a flag on it, because she I, makes America a better place. Okay, so I have a question. You brought back a memory from a long, long time ago. I think someone's mom must have felt bad for me or something, because I was in the brownies for a year. Hmm. And that was, I was in first grade. Yeah, I'm like, I, how did I get in that? And that, I quickly got out because I remember they did not invite me back. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, in a, <laughs> we're still an organization for girls of courage, confidence and character. So oh that goodness. might be one for like, I don't know. I was the one off the, at the, Franklin elementary. Yeah, yeah. That might be the X files. The truth is out there. <laughs> we can start cue the music because I don't really know that. No, we are still an oh organization. If you're a girl or if you identify yeah. as a girl, we are here for you. Um, but we, we really do relish. I know that I'm, I'm a huge fan of boy scouts. I know boy scouts has expanded it, but 
for me, there's, there's a lot to be said for the power of Girl Scouts to really emphasize in on girls. I, I, you know, it's interesting. We've had like, speaking of the Zags here, we're giving them a lot of airtime here. We love you, Whitworth. We love yeah. you, WSU, EWU, go Eags. We love you all. You all are important, important parts of our community, but we did have the, the women's basketball coach come talk to us at one point. I, I, I had her come in. She's an amazing uh, person, Lisa. And she came in to just motivate my staff at the start of our kickoff. I think it was a year and a half ago now, but she talked about the fact that she often goes into a room to talk to girls about basketball and boys. And she's like, Hey, who, who wants to be in the NBA here? Who wants to be, you know, who wants to be professional sports someday down the road? And like every boy, you can't hold them back. Every boy's like both hands in the air. I'm going to be tomorrow. But the girls, they look at each other and they're like, "Mm." they don't really, they don't really want to say it. It's just, there's a confidence level there that's there. And, and they're just like, and then one girl put her hand up and then, and, and stuff like that. So there is a difference between, um, girls and boys. And, and, and when we are able to put the girls in the area and I don't have any daughters, so I'm learning on the, on the go. And that's why the troop is good for me. Cause I, I bring these girls in. I mean, I'm learning a lot about them each and every day. I started with them in, in first grade in kindergarten. And now that I have some of my girl scouts going into junior level. So I'm definitely don't have the expertise of the parents, but I'm learning from girls and I understand what they need and what their differences are. And, and at the, at the bottom of it, I'm just trying to really stoke their confidence. I'm trying Absolutely. to get them out there. So when I'm able, I, I think you see it best out at Camp Four Echoes. Um, we have on Thursday night, it's a very tearful ceremony. It's the last night. They bonded as a community for four days, and now they're about ready to say goodbye and head to head home on Friday. But they do each do skits. Every level does skits. The, the third graders do skits, and then the, the seniors in high school do skits, and they all have different skits, and they're hilarious. Most of them, they're doing impersonations of their camp counselors, Naturally. which is is completely totally awesome that's where i get my reviews from I'm like okay that's how that counselor did so it's really really good but honestly as i sit there in the back and i watch i said girls being in a safe space that's why they're able to act out like they are i mean i'm way back in the distance i don't need to be a part of it i don't need to interfere with it i just need to watch with binoculars and watch these girls go so and watch them thrive and watch them thrive well, i and gotta they, yeah. i gotta give a shout out to uh the troops in medical lake and cheney yep. i live out by there i i interact with yep. uh, those girls and they they you can see the confidence yep. and they're they're awesome they are and you have some of the best girls out there doing stuff. Um, they just uh, did an incredible silver award where they did a free library out at Camp for Echoes, which during camp season, there's things you might have forgotten or, or forgot for, forgot to bring or you want to read a book or things like that. And so they built two huge kind of like almost big birdhouses, but they're huge because they, they have books and they have other things that you might need, emergency supplies that you might have forgot, flashlights, those kind of things. And yeah, those those folks are, are awesome. And they also, again, have that tie to the military with Fairchild. And they're, they're some of my biggest um, troop-to-troop uh, sellers out there. So definitely a huge shout out to my West Plains area. Well, I, I just love these stories and just learning more about, you know, what's happening in your world and the Girl Scouts of Eastern Washington, North Idaho. Um, Brian, anything you want to let our listeners know, kind of some last uh, words of advice? Anything come to mind? Thank you for serving 
our communities. Thank you, listeners, for serving these girls. Thank you for serving our airmen. Um, thank you all for making America a better place. Um, I came here, my first day here was coming as a base commander of Fairchild Air Force Base. Um, I took command on the 6th of August. My first day in Spokane was for August. I had come here <laughs> for like one day when my kids had a cross-country meet, national cross-country meet over in Plants Ferry. Back in the 2007 time frame, I think I spent a night. I had dinner at Spaghetti Factory, Love Spaghetti Factory. That was it. That was my only time in Spokane. And so coming back in August of 2012, if you would have told me at the time that, Brian, you're going to be here a decade later, I would never have believed it. But I stayed here because I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with their love of airmen. I mean, we have the Lilac Parade. I, 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 I so incredibly support the Lilac Festival and all that they do. And the directors out there, uh, purple shout outs, Lilac shirt shout outs to you. But I was trying to figure out where my next best spot. We enjoyed the educational experience here. Again, shout out to all the teachers out there. And, and my son was, um, my second son, was going to be graduating in a couple of years. And I said, what, what's a better place for him? So he ended up going off to Ferris, and that's where he ended up graduating. But I just looked at my wife, and I said, do we turn off the engines here? And we stop flying. And she said, well, they love veterans. You'd be at a place of home here. So we called it home here. And I was the first base commander here to retire since uh, the 1990s. Arnie Wyman, who's still out there doing great things for the community. He retired here back in the 1990s. But really, for, for 18 years or so, there hadn't been anyone else retire. And I, I would just say... The experience that I've had with Girl Scouts has truly blessed my life. I, I Each one of those Girl Scouts, I mean, I just gave, last year, we, we've gotten back to our membership levels of 2014. I know this is all going to be edited away because we've gone way over, so I apologize to you all over there who are the editors going, stop talking. But I would just say that we, we, we got back to our membership numbers of, 20, um, of 2014 just a couple years ago, which is, again, incredible. I mean, we've overcome the pandemic, and we're back to where we were in 2014 for the number of Girl Scouts who are out there. But I gave a Build-A-Bear to a, one of the Girl Scouts up in my community, actually, of Eagle Ridge. And I, I give it to her and I say, hey, congratulations, you're the 6,000th member nice. of, of, of my Girl Scout community. That's adults and girls together. And on a paw, it has my, my voice in there that says, you're awesome, Peyton, you make the world a better place. <laughs> and she turned to her mom that night when she was going to bed and she goes, mom, I'm so happy that, I'm, that I make the world a better place. And I would just say that to everyone listening right now, you make the world a better place. And that's why I'm happy to be your neighbor. Brian, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Go Girl Scouts. <laughs>